1: Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about
0: sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak.
2: Welcome to episode 296 of the
1: Sports Yak podcast. Oh, you mean the Ron Hextall episode. Hey, big Ron. He is big. 6'3", former goalie for the Philadelphia Flyers. Also had a cup of coffee with the Nordiques and the Islanders, but... Most of his time spent with the Flyers as a 22-year-old took them within one game. They went to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup and lost to Edmonton. My buddy Dave Poulin was on that team. Hextall wound up winning 296 games as a goalie in his NHL career and outstanding goals against average of 2.98. And now he's the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, which isn't a bad place to be, although Sidney Crosby sidelined for COVID yesterday, but Nevertheless, Ron Hextall, episode 296. It's all about you, my man.
2: I appreciate the Dave Poulin shout-out just now.
1: You remember him as oh, the yeah. first an Irish hockey player and then uh, head coach of the Irish for a little while. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Family
0: Broadcasting Corporation, well, the going wild. in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents oh Sports Yak. Oh. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle.
1: It's all the way! It is good. It's
0: good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be Chuck Freebie.
2: All right, on today's episode, you got your college basketball, you got your high school basketball, and all the little. A cornucopia of events in between. But
1: let's start with college. Let's start with the good news. And that is Purdue. Matt Painter's team wins its fourth straight last night. Kind of an emotional night at Mackey Arena as they dedicated the game to Larry Clisby, the longtime Purdue announcer who lost his battle with cancer over the weekend. And the Boilermakers win it by a count of 73-69. Man, they have owned Wisconsin at Mackey Arena. I believe they're now 42-4 and four against Wisconsin at Mackey. Uh, and the kids continue to do it for this Purdue team. This freshman class has been outstanding. Zach Eady, the big 7-footer. Who looks exactly like my son-in-law. Except he's 7-foot tall. <laughs> uh, he comes off the bench last night with 21 points and 7 rebounds. One of his best games in a Boilermaker uniform. And then a guy that just continues to get more and more pub. Jaden Ivey, the freshman out of Marion and Lalamere High School, South Bend native, 18 points last night. So that's 39 of Purdue's 73 provided by just those two freshmen. And they go on to beat the Badgers. And Purdue trying to solidify its spot as a top-four seed for the Big Ten tournament, which would get them a double bye. So that's very important that the Boilermakers finish in the top four. I like their chances because they only have one game left. And that one game is with the Indiana Hoosiers.
2: So that was the good
1: news. What's the bad news? (laughs) I just said the Indiana Hoosiers. Wow. Archibald Miller has filled my Twitter feed with all kinds of goodness today, or badness, as the case may be. Indiana went up and played at East Lansing against a Michigan State team that, if you listen to this program regularly, you know three weeks ago, They looked dead to rights. And Hoosiers had the lead for a little while in the first half. And in the second half, there was a timeout called in which Trace Jackson Davis, IU star player, looks right at the head coach and says, bleep you. Wow. And that to me is the sign that all control has been lost in Bloomington. The Hoosiers go on to lose the game 64 to 58. They are now below 500 overall at 13-14. They're well below 500 in the Big 10. Do you know the last time that Indiana had four consecutive Big 10 seasons where they finished below 500 in the conference? Tell me. There was a little conflict called World War I. 1914 to 1919. Is the last time that IU basketball teams have finished below 500 for more than four consecutive se- or four consecutive seasons in the Big Ten, which has prompted Twitter to just do what Twitter does, which is rip Archie Miller. Do you have any uh, favorites? Uh, let's see here. Let me call it back up here as my screen has gone black. Um, here we go with. I truly don't see a logical reason Archie Miller should keep his job at Indiana. There's been absolutely no demonstrable progress. Uh, In a must-win game, this this is a good stat from Ryan Phillips. In a must-win game, Indiana shot 31.5% from the field and 2 of 20 from 3-point range. That's 10% for the mathematically challenged. Those numbers are the Archie Miller era in a nutshell. The offense has been an abomination for years. Nothing new here. Jimmy Kimmel should have him on to do a uh, Archie Miller reads mean tweets. Well, because (laughs) there wouldn't be any nice tweets for him to read. I can guarantee you that. Um, I am so glad this pandemic stopped me from purchasing tickets to Archie Miller's terrible basketball program. Here was Archie in the press conference last night. On IU's poor shooting, says there isn't much to talk about. They didn't go in. Thanks for the insight. Asked if IU seems to be pressing right now. Not at all. Maybe they should be. Asked for a reason IU keeps coming up short. We're playing very good teams. And you're not. did I just, didn't I, anyone
2: ask about the, uh, the,
1: the uh, derogatory comment of bleep? I don't know that anybody asked that. But here's the thing, and we talked about this on the last show. Archie Miller's buyout is $10.6 million. Now, I think we all know, if we use our heads here, kids, we all know one IU alum who could come up with that money in a heartbeat. And people are reaching out to Mark Cuban and saying, can you help us out here, please? Wow. If they needed to, I bet I'm thinking he might. Yeah. Now, that said, what's Scott Tolson going to do? I don't know. But this is honestly the worst stretch of Indiana basketball I can remember in my memory. And I've lived 55 years. 55? That means I can get the vaccine now. But not even a vaccine can protect me from watching bad IU basketball. (laughs) Basketball in our backyard at Purcell Pavilion tonight. Notre Dame, which, again, has not played very well either. They'll take on North Carolina State. NC State has its best player out with a foot injury. Notre Dame has not won an Atlantic Coast Conference basketball game in 17 days. By the way, they haven't played a home game in 17 days either. So maybe the home cooking will be what Mike Bray's team needs but it's a foregone conclusion that this team is not making the NCAA tournament either. The only way they would do so is to win the ACC tournament, and no realist would expect that to happen. You watched it closely. I did. I, I did not until about, I turned it on at halftime, and Michigan was already down 11, and it didn't get any better after that. Illinois, ranked number four, embarrasses number two Michigan 76-53. What did you see? Well, I saw Baylor
2: win, first of all. because yeah, that, that was game, a heck of a game, that, I guess. That went into the front part of the game. You know what? You've seen these games before. Something seemed off. Yeah. It, from 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 point number one, just something seemed a little off, and one team, in my opinion, looked like they wanted it more. I think Michigan is great. I've said that here. But it just seemed like Illinois had a little
1: extra something last night. A little secret sauce. I, I think Illinois wanted to prove its worth as a number one seed. Okay. They wanted to get a number one seed. They're playing on the road. They have, But remember, you're playing on the road this year. It's not a hostile environment. It's a neutral environment. But you've got all the time in the world. You make the trip usually the night before. You're sitting there in the hotel room all day thinking about what you're going to do, looking at video. You go to the shoot-around. Everything's focused on the game. Michigan guys more likely went to class or at least had to, you know, do some virtual classes, things like that. They've been playing really well. They came back from their little COVID break. They've beaten everybody since they came back from the COVID break. They're probably feeling really good about themselves and maybe didn't take the game as seriously as they should have. Mm. Whatever the case. Illinois was ready for Michigan, and Michigan was not ready for Illinois. And remember, Illinois was playing without its best player. So for them to do what they did to Michigan last night without their best player, that raises the eyebrows. That gets somebody to kind of look down the nose of their glasses and say, Illinois did something last night. They sent a message, and what they also did was they tied for the lead in the Big Ten. Now, the Big Ten has come out and said, they'll decide their conference by percentage points. So even though uh, Illinois and Michigan are both, I believe right now, something like 11 games above 500 in league play, the fact that the Wolverines have played fewer games bodes well for them in terms of winning the big 10 title. If they win out, they'll get the number one seed for the big 10 tournament. That said, Illinois definitely sent a message last night that they deserve a look as the number one seed for the NCAA tournament. You know, you just
2: said something that sparked something in my mind about Michigan maybe looking at this game not like it was a, you know, not that big of a deal to be worried about. I think a coach needs to tell their team, especially this season, every game counts, especially with you have no idea what's going to happen I saw something scrolling. Isn't there another game postponed because there's contact tracing sure. investigation? You mm-hmm. never know what's going to happen. So every game has to be, you know, oh, let's not worry about Illinois. Yeah, you got to worry about Illinois.
1: Well, and Illinois is a really good team. I mean, they were ranked number four coming in. You would think a number two versus number four showdown would get everybody's attention. And maybe I'm reading the room wrong, but that, that's what I saw from Michigan last night was, ah, uh, we're going to be fine.
2: I hope they don't do that on uh, on the weekend.
1: Well, they have two coming up with Michigan State this weekend, so I have the feeling they won't. Yeah. Back-to-back games against Sparty. For That's usually league, a big game, for right? The amazing, oh, it's always a big game. Yeah. yeah, Those two schools do not like each other. Because so, of the bullying and the schoolyard antics? Well, there's been the whole Big Brother, <laughs> Little Brother talk on the football side. Yeah. And uh, on the football side, Little Brother has uh, taken Big Brother out back behind the woodshed and... Beat him up. Had some long. words. Yeah.
2: I passed along a quote this morning on our morning program to Chuck, and I kind of liked it, and I could actually see it in my mind's eye. Uh, Mister Naismith said he walked into a Indiana state final with fifteen hundred screaming fans. Obviously, back in the day, and he said, "Basketball may have been invented in Massachusetts, but this is home base. The origin
1: in Indiana, Hoosier." Hysteria. And it got underway last night with some outstanding action. Um, Northside, Jim and Elkhart, uh, good student sections on hand, especially for the second game. But in the first game, Marcus Burton put on a show for Penn. We showed some of the highlights on the Twitter account. He had 30 points, just completely dominated Goshen. Al Rhodes' team wins 57-25. It's going to be a much tougher time for Penn on Friday night when they have to face this Northridge team that leads the state in three-pointers made per game at 11 three-pointers made per game. In fact, that's fourth in the nation for high school teams. So much different game for Penn coming up on Friday. Elkhart got off to a great start and beat Concord 64-52, Nice turnaround season for Derek Deshaun and the Minutemen this year. They had only won one game last year. They finished 10-11 and 11 this season, so a nine-game improvement. The whole program is going in the right direction. But Kyle Sears' team just too athletic for Concord last night. Damarian Anderson, nice double-double, 14 points, 17 rebounds. Good student sections, as I said, at Northside Gym. Elkhart plays Warsaw in the second semifinal. Elkhart, that'll be interesting. The Lions lost by just one point to Warsaw earlier in the year, and Warsaw comes in as a red-hot team. They've won eight in a row. Northridge and Warsaw have met for the last two Elkhart Sectional Championship games. They'll be the favorites on Friday night, but nothing is given for either team. Also last night, Michigan City ousts Culver Military from the uh, tournament, so Culver Academy, the defending sectional champion, is out at Michigan City. The Wolves behind 18 points from Jamie Hodges move on, and they'll face Riley on Friday night. Riley absolutely decimated City a couple of weeks ago in the regular season. couple of games tonight at Michigan City. Laporte takes on Mishawaka. is a little bit of a beat-up team right now. They do have Trent Johnson. They should be the favorite in this game, but Laporte's playing a little bit closer to home. We'll see how Ron Heklinski's team plays tonight. The other game tonight, Adams and Plymouth. Plymouth has just had... An abomination of a year. They've only won two games. Adams is 21-1. Nobody expects that game to be close. At Washington last night, Washington beat Jimtown as expected, 57-39. They'll play John Glenn on Friday night. That could be an interesting game. I'll tell you what will be an interesting game on Friday night. Marion and St. Joe. Marion had no problems with South Bend Clay last night. They have won six straight from their Catholic school rivals. Mark Johnson, the St. Joe coach, has announced this will be his final year. I was at St. Joe practice yesterday. Mark Johnson is feisty. He may have announced his retirement. He does not want it to be Friday night. That should be a honey of a game, and we'll have it for you on TV 46 Friday night, at 11, Saturday morning at 9 this weekend. Another winner last night, Sea, holds off arch-rival Tippecanoe Valley, a big Kosciuszko County rivalry. Sea will face defending sectional champion Northwood on Friday night. Down in 1A, Argus and Triton cruise to easy wins. Most people expect those two teams to meet in the sectional championship game. Let's go up to the magic glove that is Michigan. Southwest Michigan continues to have a hotly contested basketball season. St. Joe got back on the right track last night. They got 22 from Brennan Kearns, beat Kalamazoo, Lloyd Norricks, 57-41, Grant Gonderzik had 21 for Lakeshore last night. They cruised to another win. Sean Schrader's team playing very good basketball. Niles got a nice win last night over South Haven. And Buchanan beat Bridgman last night, 61-43. So it continues to be one of those things where every night there's basketball being played up in Michigan, Monday through Saturday, which is kind of fun because that means there's something happening all throughout that six weeks as teams try to cram. 18 games into a six-week season. Do, do you know, are fans allowed, parents allowed at those games? I don't think they are. Yeah, I know the players have to wear masks while playing in Michigan, which has caused benches to have to go a little bit deeper because when you're huffing and puffing and you're inhaling your own air, that's a little bit tougher. I, personally, I don't agree with that. But then again, I'm not the governor of Michigan, and nobody has tried to kidnap me. Hockey. That I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> but they is still young. Yes, exactly. Hockey. Columbus beats the Red Wings last night 4-1. Let me reiterate, the Red Wings are not very good. Blackhawks should be back in action tonight. They have been playing well, and uh, I expect the Blackhawks to make the playoffs this year in the National Hockey League. Uh, football note, Kyle Rudolph released by the Minnesota Vikings after 10 seasons up there. My friend Michael Birch, who now does PR for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but used to do PR for Notre Dame football here, so he has close contacts with a lot of these players, mentioned, you know, you always try to leave a place better than what you found. And Kyle Rudolph has certainly done that in Minnesota with his charitable uh, donations, his fundraising that he's done, his work that he's done with the Minnesota Children's Hospital up there. You think he's done, Chuck? I don't think he's done. I, I think he'll hook on with another team. The, the question is who will go after him because salary caps are a little bit lower in the NFL this year because of the pandemic last year and mm-hmm. decreased revenue. So it'll be interesting to see, okay, who makes a play for Kyle Rudolph? He's certainly, I think, still got something left in the tank. Not necessarily um, a guy that's going to break it anymore after he makes the catch, but has really good hands and will make some tough catches. uh, Nice big target for quarterbacks to throw to. I could see him being a fit in a place like Buffalo, um, maybe Cincinnati. I think there's a lot of teams that could use themselves a Kyle Rudolph, and plus he's a good guy in the locker room. Okay. Have you had a chance to hear Boog do a game yet? I have not, but I, I wanted to bring this up in talking about baseball today because the athletic which you and I both subscribe to, uh, did a off-season look at all 30 major league teams and uh, broke down, gave them a grade for their off-season. They gave the White Sox a B for their off-season moves. White Sox going out and um, signing a couple minor free agents, Uh, But they did get a guy named Liam Hendricks who kind of gives them an anchor at the back end of their bullpen. He is a ninth-inning game-changer. I think that's a great move for the White Sox. They went out and got a starting pitcher in Lance Lynn. uh, Double figures almost every year right out of Brownsburg, Indiana. So you put him with Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel. Now you've got really three outstanding performers at the top of the White Sox rotation I would, have given, I would have given them a little bit better than a B for their off season, maybe a B-plus or even an A-minus. I, I thought they made a, some moves that really bolstered the weaker parts of their team. And I say that because the Athletic also gave the Chicago Cubs a B for their offseason moves. And I want to know what offseason move it was that earned the Cubs a B. Was it the signing of Jock Peterson to kind of fill Kyle Schwarber's spot in the outfield? Uh, was it the getting rid of almost all of your starting pitchers and then signing Jake Arrieta for more money than it would have cost you for John Lester? Uh, was it watching your arch rival, the Cardinals, go out and get Nolan Arenado, the best third baseman in the game, while you stood there and did nothing? I don't know what got the Cubs a B there, but that's not exactly the grade I would have given them. Change in management? Well, I, losing how is losing Theo? How is losing Theo Epstein and going to Jed Hoyer an improvement? Maybe they know something we don't know. Well, I hope so. I hope they're right, but I don't think they are. Corey. Do you
2: think they made a do you think it was a smart move to hire Jed? Well, think I think Jed the- was
1: obviously the next in line behind okay. Theo, and Jed was Theo's confidant. So it's I'm not disappointed if Theo decides to leave, which he did on his own volition, we have to believe. Jed makes sense as the hire after that. The question is, what has Jed done to improve this ball club? Mm-hmm. And how much are his hands tied by ownership? That might be... even greater question, because I think the Ricketts are getting to be a little bit like Mr. Krabs when it comes with the money. Yes, I threw a SpongeBob reference in there for you.
2: Great, because that movie's streaming now. Today's broadcast brought to you by the SpongeBob movie. Uh, What's Theo doing now?
1: Theo has gone to work um, for Major League Baseball in the commissioner's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And a lot of people think that he could be a future commissioner of baseball. Think so? Maybe. Smart guy. That kind of concludes the sports portion of the
2: program. Cubs down Kansas City, White Sox, Texas, end in a 5-5 tie, Detroit
1: beats Pittsburgh, 6-1 to spring training baseball. There you have it. Now, to overrated, underrated. Um, last time out, you kind of set some parameters for this segment that I'm, I'm not sure there are a lot of groups or artists that can match, but... We it, will see. It, it thins the herd. Yes. Who, did you have anybody I'm to sorry. to
2: the table? I, uh, you'll have to give me an F for today. What are I just,
1: you? I just wasn't ready. What are you doing?
2: I have, I had other things I had to prepare for last night. I didn't get a chance to peruse the thoughts.
1: I'll throw out a group. Kiss. And it's met with stone silence across the way, but a smirk.
2: Well, I'm trying to figure out if you think they're doing all the right stuff. The marketing, the branding, the show, you know what you're going to get. Their manager said to me a couple of years ago, and I, I wholeheartedly, they're the golden corral of rock and roll.
1: Everyone I'm can not come sure in. That's what I want to be.
2: Everyone can <laughs> come in. Well, you want as big an audience as you can. You want your old guys that have been with them since the '70s mm-hmm. to enjoy the show. You want their kids and their kids' kids to come enjoy the show. The last time I saw them, which was one of the last shows I saw in 2020, mm-hmm. it, it's a clean show. It used to so, not be a clean right. show. OK? And it's all the hits. There's not one song where you go, what is this? It's right. hit after hit after hit. It's fire and brimstone and all oh, space rockets. And it's so much fun. Um, I, you cannot underrate Kiss, though. There's, no, I you don't cannot think you cannot do that. I'm going to give them, uh, I'm giving them right down the middle. I'm throwing them the high fast one right down the center.
1: I think I'm going to agree with you. I think early on in my life I would have said overrated but their longevity Mm -hmm. the fact that they're still able to do this and let's face it when they started incredibly unique just nobody and honestly who's done it since? Yeah. Who's done anything like what they've done to the point where they stopped doing it continued but then put the makeup back on and they're bigger than they've ever been right i mean actually when they took the makeup off people were like yeah yeah because it lost the showmanship
2: the mystery
1: i mean that that was always a big part of kiss yeah and then all of a sudden in the middle of these you know rock and every they drop beth (laughs)
2: <laughs> which was a massive hit. Which was hit. a massive hit, massive. but it's just
1: like, what? what is this?
2: Yes. Uh, a segment within the segment, Brush With Greatness, some of the nicest guys you'll meet. Really? Some of the nicest guys because they know me, the fan, is who got them where they're at. Sure. So I've done a couple of uh, events behind the scenes with them and incredibly nice. Incredibly. In fact, I'll tweet out the old picture with me
1: and Kiss. You can put that on the Sports Yak Twitter. I'm going to put it on there. Sports Yak with two Ks, by the way. I'm going to throw another group out there. And uh, I know how I feel about this group right away, but I'm going to throw it out for you anyway. Culture Club. Let me take you
2: back to 1983. Mm-hmm. Uh, video cameras were a big deal. But they were very, very expensive. So there's a couple locations here in town that would rent you a video camera for your holiday
1: event or fun. And and for those of you under the age of 18 right now listening to this show, (laughs) just try to picture what would happen if you walked into a place today and said, can I rent a video camera?
2: Can I rent a video camera? Chances
1: are somebody would say, "Uh." What's wrong with your phone?
2: Because the VHS went into the camera. Yes. And it was quite the complex The particular operation. one we rented, Chuck, uh, you could fit on your shoulder. Not to be confused with my uncle's, where you had to bring the player with you. Yes. Uh-huh. So my dad rents a video camera for Thanksgiving 1983-ish, and it's a boring Thanksgiving dinner. And he goes, hey, let's head home. Mom's going to stay here. And I said, all right, we get home. My dad busts out an outfit he's been working on. Boy George. Excuse me? (laughs) Went out and purchased the 45 and had me film him in parody performing a Culture Club song in his outfit. And it's somewhere on home video in the family archives. Wow. Because that band was juggernaut status back in the
1: day. In the 80s, they, I mean, now, I, the other day I Compared somebody to Gail Sayers, you know, short career, but outstanding. Culture Club, short career, but they had quite a few hits during that time.
2: And, of course, they benefited from the MTV audience because of the look of the the person out front. Uh, But if I'm going by my scientific formula, five hits, or five albums. Well, they didn't make five albums. Then. They didn't make five albums that weren't hits. They had like two albums that were big. I don't know if a five, I don't know if I can name five. Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Karma Chameleon, mm-hmm. Time, Clock of the Heart, or whatever that yeah. was. Uh, Miss Me Blind. Yeah. And.
1: So, I mean, they're they're right
2: there. They're right there.
1: But. Overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Overrated absolutely he's still around doing things i know he was on he was on some talk show the other day oh i bet you he's got some stories you think (laughs) just like you have some stories about your dad yeah don't put that one on the sports jack
2: page i I can't find that footage anywhere don't know that i want to find that footage anywhere and you know what? In 1983, it seemed fine. But as I was telling well, you, it in 2021, it took a different turn. A lot
1: of things in 1983 <laughs> seem fine that aren't fine in 2021.
2: Hit the subscribe button
1: so you never miss an
2: episode. Now, you're on
1: Twitter, right?
2: I am at 46 Sports. Me too. And my name is Corey, and this little podcast has a tweet called
1: Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time, Yak fans. I mean, you wanted to be done before ten o'clock. We are done well before ten o'clock. I'm
2: very busy.
1: Yeah, Luga Ron Hextall.
2: We've had some fun. Yeah, the
1: show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack.
0: Sport Jack. Sport Jack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done